0: where you will be able to access past shows, find out more about me and our guests, as well as purchase the beautifully illustrated Financial Foundations books that teach kids about money in a fun, healthy, and holistic way. Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Financial Fun Podcast. Today, we are blessed to be joined by John Kasparsky. Thank you for joining us.
1: Oh, happy to be here.
0: So, tell us about your business. What has you excited and passionate?
1: My business is called Know Your Neighborhood. It's a business that my uh, business partner, Rick McClennan, and I started uh, just over a year and a half ago. Um, we focus on what we call sustainable lead generation for small and medium-sized businesses, where we focus on just how do you spend those marketing, those precious marketing dollars uh, in the neighborhood, where people are ready, willing, and able to come in. Um, you know, small and medium sized businesses just don't have the resources to be able to reach out and don't necessarily need to reach out to, you know, if I'm a dental practice in North, uh, West Calgary, do I need to be reaching out to people in Okotoks and spending my resources there? And the answer is typically no. And, uh, so we work with all different types of neighborhood based businesses just to help really uh, the bottom line is drive their revenues through some really proven marketing strategies.
0: Well, that is 100% needed because yes, marketing dollars are always scarce and where are you going to get the best bang for your buck?
1: Well, absolutely. And, you know, it's, it's challenging because, um, you know, marketing is one of those unique aspects of the business that, you know, you really, can't understand what's going to work or what I call, you know, what is your formula for success in the marketing world until you actually start investing some time, energy, and ultimately resources. And, you know, one of the challenges or our biggest challenges in working with our clients is is really having that, uh, I guess, deeper relationship because we need to go out into the marketplace and try a few things first and that means we have to uh, put our heads together come up with strategies where we're using our expertise to really see what's going to work we invest some resources we measure we determine what's going to work for you know that particular vertical and that particular business and then we make some better decisions on how we go out next um, but really, Tammy, at the end of the day, you've got to invest the time and the resources to try to figure it out. And that in and of itself is, is challenging. Uh, does it, I don't know. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, it makes full sense. I've been, I've been running my business for over 17 years and having to learn that to begin with. You have to just try things, see how it went. What are you going to try again next time until you figure out what is most effective, not just with your neighborhood, but your type of business.
1: Well, exactly. And, you know, it's so we work with restaurants, we work with uh, dental practices, medical clinics. um, I work with a wholesale tire distributor and each has its really unique characteristics. It's uh, unique strategies on how we approach the marketplace and who we approach, who is your ideal prospect. And, you know, it really boils down to, Tammy, it's an interesting question that we talk to all of our uh, clients about, all of our uh, prospects about, which is, you know, what business are you in? And, you know, it's a question that I find not many business uh, owners, um, managers are asking themselves from the consumer's perspective, you know, what business are you in? And an example of that would be, you know, if I'm Molson is kind of a good brand that everybody knows about, their product is beer, but they're in the party business, right? So if you're a property manager, you're maintaining a property, you have all of these products and functions that you provide to the marketplace, but what we've worked with some property managers on is you're really uh, building equity for your clients, right? So it's really starting the conversation of, okay, well, from your consumer's perspective, what solutions are you bringing to the marketplace and how do we align your products with the solutions that people are looking for. And then how do we build that strategies? What vertical are you in? So even before we start working with anyone, you know, it's not just this uh, template, uh, marketing platform that we just take your business and plug it into. It's really sitting down, getting deep into, you know, what is your business? What are you? What are your goals? Where are you trying to get to? And how do we use the strategies that we're, uh, really good at and familiar with to really, at the end of the day, measure and drive revenue? Because, you know, I don't, I really don't think that you can divide, um, sales and marketing at the small to medium sized business level. I mean, I would even argue you can't separate those at, at the larger business level, but, you know, when resources are, I guess more scarce, uh, as a small business and in, in what's been a difficult time in a uh, economic climate here in Alberta, you know, you really have to make sure that anything you're doing is being measured against what kind of revenue are you bringing in? And, you know, does it always connect? Are we always kind of paying for every marketing strategy that we're rolling out? Not necessarily, but that's the goal in the long term. And if we're not focused on that, then that's where it can be really challenging. And I'm sure on your side, Tammy, that's you know, you probably had some experience there.
0: Oh, just a just a little bit of experience. And so what is your family situation?
1: That's uh so I have three kids. Um our oldest William is nine, Molly is seven, and uh Finn is four. Um, I'm always a bit shocked when I'm telling people, cause I, I try not to feel, I, I feel like I'm not that old, but then I have a, a, I have one child in grade four and one child in grade three. It's a bit shocking how that all happens.
0: Oh, wait till, wait till they hit high school, darling. Wait till uh, they hit high school.
1: I know. I can't believe it. And, uh, but yeah, so it's neat cause Catherine and I uh met at St. Mary's high school, uh, in, um, in Calgary here when we are sick and started dating when we were 16, we've been together ever since. And so it's kind of a neat, a neat story that you just don't hear uh, very often.
0: Well, it, it is. So if I was to ask your kid, what does daddy do? What would your kids say?
1: Oh, speaking what? about
0: knowing your business.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I don't, I actually have no idea what their reply would be. I should go ask them right now. But, um, I've tried to explain it to them, but I don't know. I mean, I think the whole marketing, um, side is something that's a bit challenging. Um, well, I guess the way I explain it to them is, uh, you know, daddy helps, uh, business owners, uh, get the, make their businesses better. I guess, you know, try to keep it very simple, uh, in terms that, you know, try to grow their business, but they wouldn't understand that concept either, right?
0: Well, a lot of adults don't understand the concept, but kids are <laughs> kids are the consummate marketers. They get their mind set on something, and you are never going to hear the end of it.
1: Oh, man. Well, it's funny, Tammy. You put it that way. You know, William, uh, our oldest, is just, you know, when he gets his mind on something like, you know, where he's into, you know, it's Minecraft or Fortnite or buying skins for something. You know, all this language, A, is I'm trying to understand and B, it's like this this relentless drive to um, basically bug me until I take action on something, which, you know, and you're right, has a lot of parallels to marketing. Even when we're annoyed by it, and we may not be thinking positively to it, it affects us in a way that where we gravitate towards it when the opportunity presents, which is, you know, really interesting.
0: Well, because it's now become familiar, even if we say we don't like it.
1: Well, exactly. And that's, you know, kind of how we talk to our clients about what we call pressure on the marketplace. And, and you know, it's not just one medium, whether it's direct marketing, digital, um, radio, you know, you need to have a strategy that touches on both. So really focuses on getting hopefully three points, because then that you get that brand recognition. And then when that opportunity for them, um, to interact with you or make a purchase with you presents itself. You're, you're front of mind, right?
0: So when, when, when your kids are putting pressure on you and stuff, like, do they ever ask questions about money or just for money?
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Uh, William is a, is a great example. Uh, and it's funny because they're all very different when it comes to kind of money but at the you know their need uh at the end of the day is i want this i want that and then you know we've always been working really hard to get i guess to give them an understanding on the value uh behind what they're asking for that it's just not you know it's you know you you always think about okay well i never thought i would say the same things as my parents but it's like the money doesn't grow on trees thing right you know it's like Yeah, where do you guys think this comes from? Like, cause, you know, their, their requests seem endless at some time. But for William, we've worked really hard because he seems to get into a, a consistent pattern of, look, I want this. He plays with it or he consumes it on, you know, on the internet for two, three days. Then he's on to something else. So from a very early age, we've got put him to work, essentially, you know, as soon as he was able to, he was pressure washing the play set to earn his, his wages five bucks an hour. And then, you know, if he wants something that's kind of outside of birthdays and all that kind of stuff, you know, he's got to work for it and he's got to earn enough money. And when he earns enough money, um, he can go and pay for that. And it's really uh, paid off, Um, you know, and it's the typical thing as a parent. You've got to be consistent and persistent with that strategy every day, all the time. Well, I would like to have this, or I want that, or I want, you know, a Nintendo switch. It's like, well, you make five bucks an hour, you know, how many hours are you going to have to work a week? And, and so, you know, other things that we do with him is, you know, he looks after getting all the, you know, the bottles and cans out of the recycling saves them. We take them, And then he gets to keep the money. And so it's just giving them that, um, that understanding of the value, uh, behind, you know, what they feel their needs are.
0: And how does that work with, with having his younger siblings watching? Yeah.
1: You know, I'm not, I'm not sure because Molly seems to be, she just doesn't seem, she wants certain things, but then she, she's pretty happy with the toys that she has. And it just doesn't seem to be a thing with her.
0: So, so like most parents that have more than one child, you have, you have children that have very different views. <laughs> on things.
1: Totally. Yeah, absolutely. And for sure, William, when she, when he was Molly's age, I mean, he was very much into that, you know, I'll play with something, move on. I want this next. And it's like, you know, and so we were, we had to manage that and came up with the strategies I, I referred to. But um, with Molly, it you know she just it's like okay, well, what do you want to play with now? She go finds a doll that she hasn't played with in a while, and and she seems she seems fine. Yeah, Tammy, it's really interesting. And then Finn's four, so you know he he's kind of funny because he uh, it's like he's self-taught, you know, like he's also very uh, takes initiative. He's hungry. He just goes into the fridge and grabs something. You know, he tries to do and get it first. Um, and, uh, so, you know, for example, they have a list in the morning that they have to get done before they get ready for school. I work, I swear, for three years to get Molly and William to do the list. And, you know, without having to like coach them through what's the next part. Finn was just on it. He's like, his year where he needed to do it. He's like, yeah, do- he's the first one done. He always knows it.
0: Because, because probably because he have been watching his older siblings and this is just, you don't have to fight. It's
1: just, well, this is what we do. <laughs> well, it's hilarious because I thought he was just watching Paw Patrol for the first three years while they were all doing this and <laughs> he was actually paying attention apparently. And so, you know, how is that going to translate into the financial world? I'm not, I'm not sure. Like for them, their first view of finance is, Oh, I want this, right? Or I want that. And, um, and so William, I think we've really, that strategy seems to be, to be working well, although he still wants stuff and he gets disappointed that I have to work, you know, 350 hours to get a Nintendo Switch.
0: Yep.
1: But, um, you know, at least there's, there's perspective there, right? And, um, but, you know, I don't know how that, it'll be really neat to see, I guess, how that kind of transfers down to Molly and Finn.
0: Well, yes, it will definitely be interesting to see how it goes. And you cannot predict how it's going to go because they're so very, very different.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, they're, they're different people. And it's what I find amazing as a, a father is just how early they're different little people. You know, it's just they're different little people from, you know, uh, three months. You can start seeing how they're very different from each of their, uh, their brothers and sisters, which is, which is really neat.
0: So what, what are some of the lessons that you and your wife have consciously been trying to teach the kids? Because they are still quite young.
1: You know, it's, I think it, it goes back to, um, value for, you know, understanding that, um, when they, and even not just toys, I guess. It's, it's when they don't finish their dinner or they don't like something that we've cooked.
0: Oh, you, you don't have children that won't eat absolutely everything oh, yeah. that's put on their plate with a smile, do you? No, they're
1: all perfect. They all eat everything that serves <laughs> them, right? Like, talk about, you know, one of the, you know, 500,000 challenges of being a parent, which is like, you know, you come home. So Kathy and I both work. So it's, it's just busy. You come home. You know, we've got stuff kind of semi-prepped or thawing out, and you you do all this work to get the meal on the table, and then somebody doesn't want to eat it, and um and you know so it's it's that perspective, and as a parent, it's challenging. And this is some conversation I've had with very recently. Uh, we do some some work with um, a nonprofit organization called Kids Up Front, and um when so when I'm sitting down uh, with William and Molly and Finn and Catherine and I and somebody's not eating and you're trying to have that conversation. And, and many of us have had this is, well, you know, there are other children that um, they are they don't get to eat enough food. They don't get the choice of food that. And how do you instill that kind of um, perspective and understanding on young people as a parent? Because they're smart enough to understand. Communicating it to them. It's like when you try to teach them skiing or a sport or something, they're like, what do you know? Right? Like, they're like, Oh dad, whatever. You know, you've told me that kids are starving in the world like 18 times. I haven't seen a starving kid in my life. They don't exist. Right? They wouldn't eat this too.
0: (laughs) (laughs) They'd say you're a lousy cook and try again.
1: <laughs> That's right. And they'd walk away. And so, uh, what we're doing this year is, uh, is we're going to volunteer, uh, with kids up front. And, um, so what, what I'm trying to do and what Catherine and I are trying to do is, is help other people share their experiences, get William and Molly and Finn, um, working and helping uh children that are, you know, deserving of you know, so what kids up front does essentially is they uh provide tickets to flames games, stamps games, theater events, they take uh, okay. skiing. Um and so, you know, we can volunteer as a family and we can facilitate some of these events. And uh and I'm hoping that through that experience they get some perspective on on how fortunate they are and how they need to really appreciate um, what what they have. Um, I don't know. Does that answer the question? It was kind of a long run way.
0: Dear, some things are very, very hard to answer, but kids, because they don't they don't have the ability to grab the abstract, if they actually physically saw it, they can get it. But if they're just being told about it or they see it on the TV, well, they see everything on TV. How does that make it real? Yeah. They watch Paw Patrol and it's talking dogs. That ain't real. <laughs>
1: Well, that's right. And, you know, I mean, it's, it, to me, I guess my experience growing up as well is, you know, how do you prepare your children for the real world? And, uh, you know, keeping them in a cocoon, um, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to force the real world on them too soon, certainly. But how do you provide them with the perspective and the tools to be ready, um, for when that reality, uh, starts to hit because there'll have to be a time and like we've talked about it'll come sooner rather than later where you know we can't hold their hand through everything and protect them through everything and um and the real world is is a challenging place where you got to work really hard and so how do you how do you start instilling some of the values that are going to help set them up for success as best you can as a parent right i mean uh, to, To a certain degree, sometimes I feel like it's a bit of a crapshoot, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I, I go kind of goes back to figuring out your marketing stuff, trial and error, and because what one what will work perfectly with one child is not going to work with the other one.
1: (laughs) Well, that's right, exactly, and and you know it's it's that's one of the challenges I have when you know when I'm just about to do some work with a client, and it's like, well, John, you know, tell me, I really need to, I need a guarantee, as I heard recently. I need a guarantee that, um, that this is going to work or I need, um, tell me what, uh, uh this restaurant uh, has done up in, uh, Nolan Hill, for example. And, you know, it's, I don't give any other client any of our measured results from any marketing plan because they just don't translate every, like, say, for example, if you have a state and Maine uh, restaurant downtown or a state and Maine up in Nolan Hill or in Chinook, the marketing formula, the strategies and plans you put together that work for the state and Maine downtown don't, nece- won't actually, I'm not going to say don't necessarily, likely they will not work for that other location. And you need to basically start fresh. And, uh, and you're right. And it's similar with the kids and whatever formula works with William is not going to necessarily work from all.
0: So to finish up here, if you could make sure that your kids learn three things about money so that you feel you've been successful as a parent. What are the three things you want your kids to know and understand?
1: Um I I think pay yourself first. Um and Catherine and I's uh financial philosophy um that's what we've used from the beginning. We were fortunate to read some books in university and, and just that is a very successful way to whether you're talking about your business or or personal. Um, number two is uh money isn't everything. Um it's important. It's how we need to uh achieve our goals and achieve the happiness and the meaning in our lives. We we need it to be part of that mix. But it doesn't help us achieve happiness. It doesn't help us achieve our goals completely. And it's not always aligned with that. And I think that's that's really important for them. What would be a really... I'm trying for a, a meaningful third, but I'm coming up uh, a little bit blank. But um, yeah, I think I'd just kind of leave it at those two for now. And, um, you know, it's it's just... It's, it's a, I, well, the way I was raised, it was a very challenging environment and, and money was kind of at the forefront of everything and all of our challenges. And, um, just really trying to give them the tools to make sure that they can pursue their passion and their happiness, whatever that looks like and, and not have that be the focal point, but also not have that be, you know, an issue either.
0: Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to be on the podcast. It was great having you.
1: Oh, well, it was my pleasure, Tommy. Thank you so much for, uh, for having me. I certainly appreciate the opportunity.
0: Enjoy your weekend.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: Before we leave each other, I would ask all of you listening to please subscribe to and rate my podcast. A review would be most appreciated and feedback is always welcome whether it be a comment, future topic suggestions, and or questions you or your kids would like to have answered in the Ask Tammy column on the financialfund.ca website. Please feel free to check me out on Facebook at Financial Foundation's Children's Books, on Twitter at Financial Fund, and Instagram at Financial.fun. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Financial Fund Podcast. Join Tammy Johnston again next week. For more information, please visit financialfund.ca.